Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Indeedy. Welcome back to the second hour of America's favorite travel radio show. It's all travel all the time here in Rudy Maxa's world in this hour. We're going to take a close look at that part of Italy that Americans, well, don't visit as often as other places in Italy. That's Sicily, way down south by Italy's boot. I call it the place that time forgot. But we'll be joined by the author of a new book called Seeking Sicily, and we'll see if he agrees with me. John Cahey is in the house this hour. We're going to ask our cruise expert, Paul Motter, if Carnival Cruise Lines is snake bit. First, there was a Costa Concordia disaster. Then 22 Carnival passengers got held up during a shore excursion by Mexican bandits about two weeks ago. And this past week, the Costa Concordia's sister ship was dead in the water after a fire in the engine room. Passengers slept on the deck as it was slowly towed to the Seychelles for repair. Now, how about this? Do you think you could travel the world for a full year visiting 14 countries? and only be out of pocket about $17,000? Well, one of our guests this hour has now done that for two years, and she's going to share her secrets with us. And the FAA is proposing that to qualify as a co-pilot on commercial planes, a pilot that hitherto only had to have 250 hours of flying time now has to have 1,500 hours to get certified. That's a big jump. We're going to ask Patrick, ask the pilot Smith to join us and give us his considered opinion on that. Add all that up, toss in a few deals of the week, we got ourselves a good hour. Let's start with a quick look at some travel news this week and uh, uh, that's been on the forefront. The folks at Homeland Security decreed this week that airport scanners are safe. Frankly, I'd sort of hope they'd reach that conclusion definitively before deploying those scanners in airports beginning two years ago. But the report bolsters the TSA's assertions that scanners harm no one. Then one might ask why the European Union bars the use of, bans the use of scanners because of health concerns. Homeland Security did not address that question. But it did encourage the TSA to constantly inspect and calibrate the nation's 247 backscatter machines that are now in operation in 39 airports in order to make sure passengers are only receiving very low doses of radiation. Passengers may still opt out and request a pat-down. Well, it was about 12 years ago when American Airlines caused a stir by removing a couple rows of seats in coach so all passengers could enjoy some extra legroom. But passengers didn't beat a path to Americans' planes. They loved the extra legroom bike in concept, but they still went for lower fares. And the airline eventually had to go back to the older, more cramped configuration to make money. Meanwhile, over the last few years, United, Delta, and others have added rows of seats with extra legroom that they dole out to its most frequent flyers on a, or sell on a per-flight basis. But this week, American announced it's joining that game with a special section in coach with a little more legroom. American calls its roomier section main cabin extra. It promises four to six more inches of legroom. Platinum and executive platinum members of its frequent flyer program will get those seats at no charge, though gold members of American's frequent flyer program will be given access to the new section on a complimentary basis through the end of 2013. The rest of us will have to pay a premium, depending on the length of a flight, between $8 and $108 each way. The roomier seats will be available beginning this spring on American's new 777-300ER aircraft. Eventually, all its planes will offer this section. And uh, 
you'll let me know how it goes, won't you, on that? I'd like to turn to Paul Motter, our CruiseMates.com cruise expert. He's the guy we go to when we have questions about the cruise industry. And I, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, it's been a rough couple months for the folks in the executive suites at Carnival. Paul, what do you think they're thinking up there in the uh, big conference rooms? Um, hi, Rudy. Well, um, first of all, I think they're starting to think about their hiring procedures for captains. For one thing, I think they're a little upset about what happened with the captain. But I want to clarify something, and just because it's been a common misconception, Carnival Corp is the company that owns Costa, but it's not Carnival Cruise Lines. Carnival Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines is a part of Carnival Corp? That's correct. And Carnival Corp owns a lot of cruise lines. And I think this is more of a Costa problem and not really a Carnival problem. Because when you consider Carnival Corp owns Holland America, Princess, Cunard, Seaborn, and Carnival and Costa, none of those other cruise lines have had major problems. So it's really more of a Costa problem. Yeah, so it's, so it's not that Carnival, Carnival Corp and Carnival Cruise Lines is falling apart. It, I think it's just a run of bad luck, and they're so big that when something bad happens to a ship, pretty good odds it might be a Carnival uh, ship. Or a carnival company ship, I should say. Well, lately it seems that way. The uh, the the robbery of twenty two tourists who were on a ground excursion while uh, in port in Puerto Vallarta from a carnival ship, mm-hmm. um, as some of our listeners might remember, a couple of weeks ago, bandits held up the bus and took I don't know about twenty two passengers' watches right. and wallets and passports. Is that is 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 carnival? Do you think that would lead carnival to cut back on its its sailings to Mexico? Um, actually, uh, Carnival had already planned to cut back on its sailings to Mexico anyway. They, they planned to move one ship from San Diego to Australia, and that plan has been in the works for a year already. So there will be fewer cruises to Mexico, yes, but they will still be going to Puerto Vallarta. What they've done is they have just stopped that particular tour, which was a jungle tour about 40 miles outside of the city. But I want to point out something interesting. Similar robberies have happened in Jamaica and in Nassau in the last two or three years. Almost identical robberies of tour buses. And oh, it's sort of the modern-day stagecoach hijacking. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Bandits in masks and, you know, taking your watches and wallets. But um, it, it's not an unusual thing to happen. I, I'm just saying that, you know, Mexico kind of gets a bad rap once in a while, but... It's happened in other places, too. Now, the the latest ship, the the Costa cruise ship that was dead in the water, is the, was the Costa Allegra. Um, and, and it seemed like it took a couple days to get it back to the Seychelles. Is that, am I reading the, the news reports correctly? Yeah, it, it did. It took three days. They got back on Thursday. And the air conditioning wasn't, they had no power. I mean, there Just, was very little power, so the air conditioning didn't work. And I gather uh, passengers were sleeping on the, on the actual decks and right. that food had to be helicoptered in. Yeah, that's correct. It was just like the Carnival Splendor event when the toilets even went out. They had no power at all for three days, and they had to be towed. I don't think I even want to think about that. Yeah, I know. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Paul, uh, do, you, do you have any update on, uh, I know uh, last Thursday, this, this ship called the Celebration, and it used to be the Carnival Celebration, but they sold it. So this is not a Carnival ship in any way, shape, or form. But it pulled in uh, docked at Palm Beach on Thursday, and it was one passenger short. There was this Canadian woman missing. Uh, it had been a two-day cruise to Nassau. Apparently, ship officials say that she got back on the ship from Nassau, but didn't, uh, for the Bahamas, uh, but hasn't turned up. Have you heard, do you have any update on that? Um, no, I'm sorry to say I don't have an update on that, but 
more than I'm you know I'm sorry to say there are a lot of suicides at sea. It really does happen. I, I I'm starting to wish they would make the balcony railings a little bit higher so people couldn't jump from ships. But it does happen. So it took a little took a little more work. Yeah, she, the Canadian Embassy and the F, is investigating. The FBI is also investigating. Paul, thanks for dropping in today. As always, love, love hearing uh, your thoughts on all things cruise uh, industry wise. Paul's website is cruisemates.com. He's the editor of it. Go there for prescient uh, comments on the cruise industry, reviews of ships, all the latest stuff. If you're a cruise fan, you've got to check into cruisemates.com regularly. Paul, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll talk to Paul again. I have no doubt. Stick around when we come back. We're going to go to Italy. Sicily, to be exact. You're in Rudy Max's world. Glad to have you. Rudy Max's world phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. What would you do if you got seriously sick or injured on a trip? Medical evacuation can cost more than twenty-five, fifty, dollars or even $100,000, and it's rarely covered by major medical insurance, especially not Medicare. An on-call international membership protects your health and your wallet with services including evacuation to your hospital of choice. Annual membership starts at just $225 and covers trips nearby or abroad. For more info, call 800-575-5014 or visit oncallinternational.com or rudymaxa.com under sponsors. Get in the zone! Putting off auto repairs can turn a small job into a big one. So put your tax refund to work today at AutoZone. From brakes to engines, we've got the quality parts you need. And you can count on AutoZone's trusted experts to help you stretch those tax refund dollars as far as possible. Spend a little today instead of a lot later. Keep your car running longer with help from AutoZone. Parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. My wife's monthly trip to the beauty salon was really adding up. I mean, between dyeing her roots and trimming the dead ends, we were going dead broke. So to save some money, I'm cutting it for her while she sleeps. Shh, shh, no, no, don't wake up yet. Go to sleep, go to sleep. You're almost gorgeous. Oh, she is going to love this. There's an easier way to save. Get online. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. You hear so many ads for gold, but they raise more questions than they answer. That's why American Bullion has created a comprehensive free gold guide packed with unbiased information about gold as an investment. Get the facts before you buy. Learn all about gold IRA rollovers. Call American Bullion now for your free copy of the gold guide at 800-897-9664. 800-897-9664. AmericanBullion.com. 800-897-9664. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. This segment of the show is brought to you by our friends at Travel Guard. It's a chartist company. It's a worldwide leader in travel insurance. Travel Guard provides products and services to millions of travelers around the globe, helping ensure leisure and business travelers alike, and helping them solve problems and manage risks. And right now, if you visit travelguard.com forward slash stories, you can read the first in a very a series of very true tab of true travel tables, very short ones, 
Travel Tales, excuse me, and you'll be eligible to win a new Kindle reader. Every year, Travel Guard receives thousands of stories from travelers about their experiences. This one's about a Caribbean cruise wedding that starts out one way but has a very different ending. You can find the rest of the story and have that chance to win a Kindle by going to TravelGuard.com forward slash stories. You'll see a very short story. I mean, like it's really short couple paragraphs at the most and then you'll have three options for the endings and if you choose the right one and, and if you don't choose the right one you get a second and third chance of the three chances uh, you'll be able to register for that free kindle travelguard.com forward slash stories travel insurance uh pretty important these days ought to have it ought not travel particularly if you're making a big trip or putting an advanced deposit down on something that uh if your realities change you might need protection for one of the least appreciated uh, sections, or that's the wrong word, parts of Italy uh, by Americans, I think, generally, is Sicily. It's way down south, um, uh, way down there at the boot of Sicily, excuse me, at the boot of Italy. Um, but it's a fascinating place. I call it the place time forgot. It's it's sort of like you're suddenly back in the 60s or even 50s sometimes. Uh, one American author who knows it well is John Cahey. He has a new book out. It's called Seeking Sicily, subtitled A Cultural Journey Through Myth and Reality in the Heart of the Mediterranean. John, first of all, what possessed you. Welcome, welcome back to Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you on again. Well, it's nice to be back, Rudy. Thank you. Now, John, what? how did the idea come to you to do a book on Sicily? I had uh, a number of options. I had done a, uh, a book about southern Italy, uh, the, in the boot area of southern Italy, and I did a book on Venice at one point. And I had a couple of options, and the one that appealed to me the most was Sicily. I had gone there in 19... 86 for the first time and uh, really fell in love with the place and made it back oh, two or three or four times before I started this project. And found nothing and, changed, right? <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, I had I had a picture in my mind of, uh, of, of uh, the old Sicily where everybody is uh, riding in donkey carts and, uh, and carrying big baskets of grapes on their backs and that type of thing. And it was certainly not the Sicily I found in 1986 and certainly not the Sicily today, although it is still uh, it still meets the need of a, of a, of a traveler who, who wants to see how things were sometimes or another. I want to tell you, if you'd like to see a video of uh, uh, that John has made, it's at, it's at his website, johnkehe.com. I'm going to spell Kehe for you. It's K-E-A-H-E-Y. I'll give that website again at the uh, when we're done talking, John. But uh, it's, it's a great website. It, uh, you'll see a summation of Seeking Sicily, the book. And he's also got a three-minute, 10-second video there as well that will give you a feel for the streets of Sicily at the very least. So when you went to Sicily, you really were looking for the, what made Sicily the way it is today, weren't you? Yes. Uh, Sicily has uh, never been independent. Uh, it has been conquered uh, numerous times over the last 3,000 years. The Sicilian people have never had a say in their own destiny, and that makes them unique from Italians. Uh, they're a different race than Italians, even, uh, it's many people believe. Uh, Sicilians themselves say that they... Uh, that they are north of Africa, not south of Italy, and they and, are, in fact, uh, right across from right across the water from Morocco, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, at one period in time, in the ninth, tenth, eleventh centuries, the Arabs and the Muslims predominated. They controlled the island, and uh, a lot of those people from North Africa became Sicilian, uh, more so than the French or the Spanish uh, that ruled them, or and. And, and Sicilians, many Sicilians consider themselves uh, of Arab blood. 
and uh, and that's what makes it a unique place. It's much slower, a much softer pace of life than in Italy. Do does do present day Sicilians uh, resent Rome and the North and the government in Italy, or, or they just keep to themselves and and acknowledge they're part of Italy, but different? I think there's a lot of resentment. Uh, there's a small movement, as there has been since nineteen since the nineteen forties after the war. There's a small movement uh, for independence of Sicily, as there are small movements in Sardinia, in Calabria, in Italy. There's these small movements because these people know that when Italy was unified in 1861, it was such a dis- disparate group of people that uh, they really didn't have a relationship with each other. But Sicilians feel left out. Uh, they don't feel that Rome listens to them and uh, that type of thing. Uh, they have regional autonomy, but Rome still calls the shots. And so they want to be independent, but really there's no way to do that, and that's what the struggle is. I'm talking with John Cahey, the author of the new book, Seeking Sicily, A Cultural Journey Through Myth and Reality in the Heart of the Mediterranean. You see that, uh, John, you see that uh, that Moorish influence, that Moroccan influence in the architecture of the, the cities there as well. It is not, uh, you will not mistake it for a village in Tuscany, say. That's true. And uh, a lot of what happened after the Normans drove out the rulers, the the, uh, the Muslim rulers, a lot of what happened is that the Normans adopted the way the Muslims did things. They uh, they continued to work in the government, uh, the, the, the Norman government. Uh, they continued to speak the language. Uh, women, uh, Sicilian women, continued to wear veils under the Normans and that type of thing. So a lot of that was incorporated by the Normans, and their buildings reflected. Let's talk about Sicily uh, for visitors, because I think it's a great place to go visit. And uh, you got a great big casino there. It's casino. It's casino. I'm sorry. I meant a volcano. Yes. <laughs> a great big volcano there. You've got uh, you got the Syracuse, or as we would say, Syracuse, with incredible Roman ruins. Uh, paint a picture that might make a listener say, yeah, you know, next time I'm going to Italy, I'm going to go down to Sicily. Well, the thing about one of the great, experiences I had, and it's a chapter in the book, is, is I, spent, I took a day trip with a guide, a small group of people, uh, with a guide on to Etna, the, the volcano you referred to. Right. And uh, right now it's erupting uh, periodically, so I think these day trips might be put off for a little while. But, but uh, it was absolutely remarkable. You learn the history of, of how this volcano formed the island. Uh, and, and the importance of it. It's the largest active volcano in Europe, much bigger and uh, much more active than Vesuvius, which seems to be more famous. And, and you can drive really uh, you can drive up most of it and walk around on, on days when it's not too active. You bet. And uh, uh, you can see how the different eras of lava, uh, the freshest stuff, and it takes hundreds of years for this to uh, disintegrate and become soil where things can be grown. And you can see the different epochs of uh, of, uh, of eruptions and so forth, uh, and, and the status of, of that that uh, lava and how it uh, how it made the island so rich in agriculture. And can you wax more enthusiastically or more vividly than I can on Syracuse? Oh yes, uh, there's uh, the island that's, uh, that was the original settlement for the Greeks there. Uh, is a remarkable place. Uh, the, the cathedral there is, is is built on top of a Greek temple. You still see the Greek columns inside this magnificent church. And
and around the edges of this uh, of this cathedral on the exterior, you see Muslim symbols. So you can see how this is all blended. And Syracuse is a wonderful walking city. It's uh, it, it's terrific for people who want to uh, get a sense of place and spend some time there. It's one of the more delightful large cities. Uh, Catania is a little grittier. Uh, Palermo is a little more uh, uh, modern in a sense of business oriented. Uh, for, for business people in, in Sicily, and uh, but, but Syracuse has a unique feel and a unique atmosphere to it that harkens back to those Greek and Roman times. Oh, so I, I was going to say, did I make a mistake calling some of those ruins Roman there? Are they all Greek or no? They're a combination no, of both. The, no, the Romans, uh, that was the last stronghold when the Romans okay. uh, pulled, uh, pulled uh, Syracuse, and they built a lot of their uh, buildings and monuments on top of Greek as well. And how do you're, how you're what's the what's the best right way to get to? That. I'm sorry, John. What is the best way to get to Sicily? Uh, I always fly into Rome uh, on a, on an international airline, usually uh, from my area, Delta, and fly into Rome or or uh, Milan, and uh, then take one of the budget airlines to uh, to Palermo or Catania. And it's, it's, it's incredibly inexpensive to get there. Or you can take uh, certainly take ferries from Rome, Naples. Uh, just about anywhere along that western coast. And it's one of the le le less expensive uh, sites in Italy, let me add, as well. You can read more about John Cahey's book by going to his website, John Cahey. Cahey is spelled K-E-A-H-E-Y. JohnCahey.com. Watch a video. John, thanks for joining us. And thank you, Rudy. We'll be right back in just a moment. Oh, i got a DVD on Sicily, too, if you go to RudyMaxa.com and click on TV. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at RudyMaxa.com. Hey, I'm happy to bring you the first in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive each year. Here it is. Nancy was looking forward to the perfect Caribbean cruise wedding. Miami in the morning, dinner with friends on board, dancing the night away, and a little wedding night hanky-panky to top things off. What she got was very different. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a new Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. Get in the zone! Putting off auto repairs can turn a small job into a big one. So put your tax refund to work today at AutoZone. From brakes to engines, we've got the quality parts you need. And you can count on AutoZone's trusted experts to help you stretch those tax refund dollars as far as possible. Spend a little today instead of a lot later. Keep your car running longer with help from AutoZone. Parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. And this segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by the good folks at On Call International. You know, I know that sometimes the unexpected happens while traveling, and if and when it does, you can protect yourself with a reasonably priced annual membership from On Call International, a great friend to have with you when you're on the road. They provide the best assistance you'll need during an unforeseen medical or travel emergency, even a situation like political or social unrest. From unexpected illnesses to life-threatening accidents, delayed luggage 
or legal woes. On Call International gives you the help you'll need to return home or get back to enjoying your trip. I want to underline that phrase, delayed luggage. For more information, you can go to oncallinternational.com or log on to rudymaxa.com. Scroll on down that homepage, and right there is a link to On Call International, and you can learn more about what kind of travel insurance they offer and whether it's suitable for you and your travel. So I was reading the website wisebread.com earlier this week and came across a fascinating piece by Nora Dunn, a freelance journalist. It was called uh, Living on $17,000 While Traveling the World. Uh, and I went, wait, how did she do that? I can't, I can't live in my hometown on $17,000 a year. Nora, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rudy. Pleasure to be here. By the way, Nora Dunn, let me pick this up here. Hang on. Uh, I got a computer down here on the floor that said you uh, you received 262,000 votes from Stumbled Upon as one of the most popular, which is one of the most popular social websites. What, what does that mean? You got 262,000 votes. What were they voting for? Oh, it's a thumbs up, thumbs down sort of uh, sort of thing. If someone uh, stumbles upon the article and they like what they read, they give you a thumbs up, which is considered a stumble. Uh, and right. I think we're a little over 300,000 now. So they loved your piece on how to how to live on $17,000 while traveling the world. Okay, let's 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 pick, let's uh, di let's what do they call when the chef does it? Let's dissect this. Let's uh, <laughs> well, there's some word I'm struggling for, some verb, but let's 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 look at it in parts. Um, all right. First of all, did you set out? to travel on $17,000 a year, or did that just happen to be the total when you, when you added up your expenses at the end of a year? Yeah, that just happened to be the total. I've been traveling full-time for five years now, and I've been actively tracking my expenses for the last couple of years. And I was actually quite surprised when I realized in both 2010 and 2011 that my expenses were within $400 of, of, in both years, and it happened to be around the $17,000 mark. So I, I figure there's got to be a science to it with a coincidence like that. Now, are you, when you say 17000 did you earn money doing odd jobs in the course of the year? And if so, is that part of that 17000 you spent? I do earn money as I travel, but not necessarily with odd jobs. I have a location-independent career as a writer, so uh, all I need is my laptop and an Internet connection to make a living anywhere in the world, which uh -huh. helps travel in a financially uh -huh. sustainable way. I see. So, oh, but, but, but still, uh, with making money while you're on the road from your website, from whatever you... Uh, you, you did. You still kept it to seventeen thousand for for a year, and and we should give the website your website out if you don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, my website is theprofessionalhobo.com. With the word the in front of it. Yep. Theprofessionalhobo.com. Now, yep. did you set out to be theprofessionalhobo.com, or did you find yourself on an extended trip and going? I don't really want this trip to end. I was uh, busy running a financial planning practice in Canada and, uh, you know, kind of stuck in the daily grind that we all kind of get entrenched yeah, in. Yeah, who wants to do that? And, well, <laughs> hey, listen, we all have to do it from time to time. But I really had a, a very solid dream of wanting to travel long term. And, uh, so, and it was so strong that I decided I had to just sell everything I owned, including the business and, and everything that goes along with it, and, and try out this travel thing. Uh, when I first started, I wasn't sure exactly how I'd do it or how I'd make things work, but with a dose of faith and a few opportunities that came my way, I just put one foot in front of the next and then developed a career as a writer and uh, and was just able to keep on traveling. Okay. In one year, you only paid $173 for accommodations, and that was for a splurge one night at a Hilton in Stockholm. Can I ask where you slept the other 364 nights? <laughs> well, actually, believe it or not, that was for two nights at the Hilton. I even got oh. a deal on that. Wow. <laughs> But the rest of the year, um, I did what I do best, which is to get free accommodation. 
and uh, it's a specialty of mine, and I do it by volunteering, house-sitting, uh, and staying with friends uh, in the hospitality exchange programs around the world. And I, I just managed to do it the other 363 days of the year. <laughs> do you do you use sites like Couchsurfing, where you look for people who will you know, loan you their, their couch for a couple nights or a bedroom? Couchsurfing is a great way to uh, to do a hospitality exchange if you don't know anyone in the destination that you're going to. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have uh, I have a pretty extensive network and ever-growing network of people that I know around the world, so I'll often travel to see them uh, and then experience this life of local life by visiting my friends. And then they'll say, hey, Nora's coming to your town. She doesn't have a place to stay. She'll stay with you, and then you're all set, right? Yeah, pretty much. How, 13 countries, 45,000 miles. How did, I mean, how, did you fly a lot? Did you hitchhike? How do you get around? In 2011, it was mostly planes and trains. I spent the first chunk of the year volunteering in New Zealand. Then I flew back to Canada to visit some family and friends, and I toured around North America, largely by train for the summer. Then I hopped over to Europe, obviously by plane, uh, for my biggest and fastest travel event of the year, which was called the Ultimate Train Challenge. I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment, but it was lots of fun. It was 30 days by train from Lisbon in Portugal to Saigon in Vietnam. Oh, my so goodness. <laughs> there was 15,000 miles in nine countries right there. Uh, and then I finished off the year with a three-month house-sitting gig on the Caribbean island of Grenada. I so think I like all. that. We've got about 10 seconds left, Nora, but how much advanced planning do you do before all the, each leg of your trip? Well, I try not to plan too much. As a professional hobo, uh, you got to leave your, uh, your schedule open as, as much as you can so you can take advantage of opportunities. You can follow Nora Dunn's travels at theprofessionalhobo.com, and you'll also find her piece about how she traveled to 13 countries for only $17,000. Hey, thanks for joining us, Nora. Thanks so much, Rudy. Safe travels. We'll be right back. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Heritage for the blind reminds you to be kind. There's something you can do for those who depend on you. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS. 1-800-DONATE-CARS today. Heritage for the Blind is an IRS-recognized charity, and your donation is tax-deductible. Whether your car runs or not, we'll tow it away for free. And as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day hotel voucher to one of many exciting locations. So be a star. Donate your car. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS or call 1-800-555-6689. And remember, you can prevent blindness by getting your eyes checked annually. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS. 1-800-DONATE-CARS today. Quietus contains homeopathic ingredients traditionally used to provide relief. Can you hear that sound? That ringing, that hissing. I can't get to sleep with it. I can't concentrate. I hear it constantly. Everywhere I go, it doesn't go away. It drives me nuts. It's tinnitus. A constant ringing in your ear caused by loud machines. Loud music. Ah, finally. 
Quietus. I love Quietus. I, I couldn't believe it. No more ringing in the ears. No more hissing sound. Quiet relief so I can work. No more ringing. No more loud fans. And I sleep like a baby. If you're suffering from tinnitus, I urge you to try Quietus. After trying Quietus, the ringing stopped, and I felt like I got my life back. Quietus is real, my friend. Quietus has changed my life. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Quietus at 1-800-713-3379. That's 1-800-713-3379. Stop the ringing now. 1-800-713-3379. That's 1-800-713-3379. Do you have paternity questions? In the past, paternity tests were usually expensive and results took weeks. Now, Identigene offers a DNA paternity test that is easy, affordable, and confidential. Identigene is fully accredited and is the only DNA paternity test kit trusted by America's pharmacies. The Identigene kit is easy to use and contains everything you need. Answers are available in two days. For more information, go to identigene.com. Look for Identigene at the drugstore. Identigene, test assured. You hear so many ads for gold, but they raise more questions than they answer. That's why American Bullion has created a comprehensive free gold guide packed with unbiased information about gold as an investment. Get the facts before you buy. Learn all about gold IRA rollovers. Call American Bullion now for your free copy of the gold guide at 800-897-9664. 800-897-9664. AmericanBullion.com. 800-897-9664. Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Nor follow me on Twitter at Rudy Maxa, R-U-D-Y-M-A-X-A, all one word. Um, Got to tell you, I will not besiege you with tweets. Don't worry, I only put it out when I think it's important. You won't be burdened with having to know what time I woke up this morning and what I had for lunch. Patrick Smith is our favorite uh, professional pilot, joins us often to talk about uh, what it's like being in the cockpit. He flies for a major uh, U.S. airline uh, that he prefers to keep uh, sotto voce for the moment, so we won't mention it. But he's got wide experience flying for all kinds of uh, cargo. He did everything. He's done it all. And he comes on to explain that. Well, I asked him to come on because I saw this news story this week that the Federal Aviation Administration has decided that co-pilots who now have to have at least 750 hours of flight time to become co-pilots, they're proposing that they go from 750, that they double it to 1,500 hours, which seems like an an enormous uh, jump up to me. Um, Patrick, welcome back to the show. What do you think as a pilot? Do you look at this and go, yeah, that makes sense? Or you're going, whoa, that's uh, that's a lot more hours. Well, first to give some background, uh, until fairly recently, a lot of the regional airlines have been hiring new hire pilots with very low total flight time, sometimes as low as 300, 400 hours. Um, The reason this has been happening is it's become harder for these airlines to, to find pilots because fewer pilots are getting into the regional sector because who wants to spend $100,000 or more on training and then earn $20,000 a year? It, it used to be that these carriers were stepping stones to the major airlines. That's not so true anymore. Uh, a job at a regional airline is often a career at a regional airline, and working conditions can be tough. They don't pay a whole lot. So that end of the business was drying up somewhat. 
Well, um, it seems to me that doubling the amount of time they have to have to, you know, that's more expense because you've got to pay for that airtime or if you're not working for somebody. Uh, so it seems to me doubling the airtime is going to make it even less attractive to people. Well, that might be true, but it's also going to make it safer. Um, you know, what this does, though, is it brings the hiring standards back to what really were historical norms. When I was hired by my first regional carrier in 1990, which was not that long ago, the typical new hire candidate had about anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 total hours, plus what's called an ATP certificate, and usually several hundred hours of multi-engine time on top of that or as part of that. And that's about what I had. That's what we all had. And that began to go down, 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 and now regulators are, are trying to bring it back up to something in that ballpark, which I think, on the whole, is a good thing. I think, you know, logbook totals are not necessarily an indicator of a pilot's skill or, or talent or performance under pressure, but there are certain intangibles, I guess, that come with experience. And, you know, if, if anything, this, this makes us that much safer, and that's not to imply that there's some great danger out there as things are, but, but this is a good idea. There was a sort of a footnote in the piece that I found, the the, the story I read, that I found, found sort of uh, interesting. I, I didn't know that, that co-pilots don't necessarily have to be certified in the kind of aircraft that is flying at the time. The pilot does, but the co-pilot doesn't, and I think there's a move to change that as well. That seems to make sense to me. How, how does that hit you? Well, the way that's worded, it's a little bit misleading. I mean, both pilots, the captain and first officer, are always... For sake of explanation, for, for sake of ease of explanation, fully qualified in that aircraft and can perform takeoffs and landings. Um, and but either pilot can perform takeoffs, landings, uh, fly the airplane in whatever emergency should come up. Um, there is a kind of above and beyond that qualification known in FAA talk as a type rating that the captain has that the first officer doesn't necessarily have. What the difference is there, though, it gets technical. And to say that the co-pilot, the first officer, is not qualified in the aircraft or, or, or certified, even, yeah, certified, whatever, that's very misleading. And I, okay. I don't like the way the way that's worded in the media a lot of the time. Now we got about 30 seconds left, maybe a minute left here, but uh, I, I saw something in the news also that Chinese airlines were starting to solicit U.S. pilots. Uh, a lot of uh, overseas airlines are looking for expatriate pilots. Uh, we see that in the Middle East. We see it in China and India. And it brings up this whole question of, is there a pilot shortage, quote-unquote? And the answer to that is yes and no. At the large airline level, no. There's never been a pilot shortage, really, and, and there's never going to be. There, there will always be hundreds and then really thousands of regional pilots for these carriers to pick from. The shortage is at the regional airline level. The entry-level uh, smaller carriers are having, as I was saying before, a harder and harder time finding applicants and people who are qualified to any good level. Got it. Patrick, uh, you can read Patrick Smith's writing at askthepilot.com. Check it out if you are a fan of aviation and commercial flight. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rudy. We'll be right back with some deals of the week. Don't go. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com.
To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. Uh, if you happen to be meandering around Facebook today, check Rudy TV show out and like me there, won't you? We're going to post. I posted the uh, picture of the new Route Master red double decker buses in London there this morning. Boy, they're uh, sort of the Ferrari of red double decker buses. Be fun to have that designer on. We should try to get him on the show, the guy who designed those. Um, happy to hear this week that the Cairo uh, airport authorities were told that that travel ban on U.S. pro-democracy activ activists had been lifted. And uh, a lot of those Americans and other foreigners who were working with um, some of the Arab Spring protesters in Egypt have been allowed to leave the country. In fact, um, I think a U.S. military plane. Airport sources said that on Wednesday a U.S. military plane had arrived from Cyprus to fly Americans out. Uh, it was not clear whether any of them would leave or travel on commercial flights. Sixteen of the 47 people who were facing charges by the Egyptian government uh, for political interference are Americans, by the way. Seven of them uh, uh, are in Egypt. Some have sought refuge at the U.S. Uh, embassy. Uh, some of the others are Egyptians themselves, Serbs, Norwegians, and Germans. They've been accused of receiving foreign funds without the approval of the local authorities. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Other travel news. California lawmakers are looking at setting guidelines for cars that drive themselves. Apparently, there's a very big industry of, uh, of scientists and experts working on developing cars that won't require human interaction to motor around the country. Uh, I think California is a state that's always ahead of the rest of us in some things, isn't it? Google and other California companies are working to develop cars that use radar and video cameras and lasers to navigate without human assistance, though a driver will always have to be in the driver's seat, at least for now. I think this is a topic we should explore in an upcoming show. I was reading a story on it, and uh, apparently one of these driverless cars uh, did have a, uh, a small fender bender, but it turns out the computer wasn't driving the car. It turned over manual to the person. <laughs> we'll see when we're all, I don't know quite how, I don't know quite how it's going to happen if you're in a computer-driven car, but most other people aren't. I guess it will have learn to react to crazy drivers on the road, on the road. Uh, I th again, I think that's a topic. It's a travel show we ought to explore down the road, and I'll make a mental note here to uh, perhaps get one of these leading-edge uh, researchers on this. Uh, let's do a couple deals here. It's the last part of the hour. The ka-ching that signifies deals of the week. Let's see. What have we got here? Well, if you're headed to Vegas... And you want something larger than your average hotel room with the peace and quiet of a hotel that doesn't have a casino, may I recommend the very nice Platinum Hotel just off the Strip. The Platinum is offering $99 nights with no resort fees. They get points for that. Complimentary valet parking and in-room kitchens. Now, I, uh, I stayed once at the Platinum Hotel. Gosh, it must have been five or six years ago. It was quite a while ago. It was a guy's trip to Vegas. And we stayed at the Platinum. And each room is really a suite. I think it used to be an apartment building, frankly. They turned into a hotel. So each room has a living room or each... Uh, yeah, each room has a, is a suite, has a living room. It's got plasma screen TVs, whirlpool baths. I mean, the smallest suite there is 900 square feet. That's, uh, you know, that's two apartments in Manhattan. Uh, there's also an informal bar and a restaurant on the property, and you're an easy five-minute walk from all the action on the Strip. So it's just off the Strip by a, a block, a long block. You can find details on this $99 offer. I don't know how long it goes on, but it was just announced at uh, this website, The theplatinumhotel.com, theplatinumhotel.com, all one word, theplatinumhotel.com. 
And if you want to visit the Bahamas, but you consider Nassau too overbuilt, as I do at times, uh, in Andros in the Bahamas, there's a luxury, all-inclusive hotel resort that's got a deal for you. It's the Camalama Bay, uh, excuse me, Camalama Key uh, Resort. Let me spell Camalame for you. It's K-A-M-A-L, Camalame, A-M-E, Camalame Key, uh, and Key is spelled C-A-Y. Uh, they're offering 30% off all, all, all its rates this month and all of April in celebration of the resort's 15th anniversary. That brings prices down to $930 a night for a beach suite or $1,150 a night for a one-bedroom villa. Now, before you gulp at those prices, this is an all-inclusive. So it includes all your food and all beverages, including wines and premium spirits. And if you've ever tried to buy food, in, well, if you've ever eaten in a restaurant, in uh, the Bahamas, you know it can be very expensive. So to have all your food and beverages included ain't bad. Now, you got to add 22% for taxes and gratuities. I wish they'd put that in the whole price there, actually. And, uh, so that's another 1093 That's another $200. So figure, even for the cheapest room, about $1,130 bucks for a night for a beach suite. Um, and you can extend those savings into May as long as you begin your stay by the end of April. You can find details at kamalame.com. That's K-A-M-A-L-A-M-E.com. Here's something a little different for a spring break. How about a five-day, four-night stay in Istanbul for $449? Now, this is for land only. you got to book your own airfare. But it's a pretty good deal. It's good all of March from Tour Crafters. That $450 includes airport transfers, free Wi-Fi, and a four-night stay in the four-star four -star hotel called Arena. It's a restored 19th-century Ottoman stone mansion in the Sultan Hamid uh, neighborhood. It's the best part of town for visitors because you're uh, within an easy walking distance of St. Sophia, Topkapi Palace, the Blue Mosque, and, of course, the Grand Bazaar. And if you have never walked the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul, you've got a great treat coming. That thing is the size of, uh, I don't know what it is. It makes the Mall of America look like a, a convenience store. It's quite incredible. And it's a great experience because you can haggle for everything and it's all good, clean fun. So, uh, okay, so let me get back to the deal. You can find it, uh, out about it at tourcrafters.it tourcrafters, all one word, dot .it click on deal of the week. That's $449 ground only for a five day, four night stay in Istanbul. I hear the theme music coming up. It means two hours have gone by much faster than they should have. Uh, thank you for being with us here in Rudy Max's World. I want to thank Jeff Ryder, my engineer. Anna Schofield is the executive producer of the show. And I'm your genial radio host who hopes you'll join us again next week at Rudy Max's World. Meanwhile, have a lovely week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.